Hollywood Insiders podcasts. Do subscribe and feel free to visit hollywoodinsider.com for more. Hollywood Insider is a media network focused on substance and meaningful entertainment while being against gossip and scandal so as to utilize media as a tool to unite and better our world by combining entertainment, education, and philanthropy. For this episode, I am your host, Britton Ambrose. Today's episode is titled Binge Watching Movies and TV Shows While Self-Isolation During Corona Times. Today's movie is The Report, starring Adam Sandler, John Hamm, and Annette Benning. I have a guest joining me to discuss the movie. I welcome Dan Hall, who's also going to be discussing this movie with me. Dan, do you want to say hi? How you doing, mate? All right. Very well, thank you. Good. So, Dan, uh, we are going to, you and I are going to be discussing Amazon's uh, and Vice Studios' The Report, which was, uh, which is available for free to Prime members. It was. Both in the UK and the USA. I am talking out of New York. While self-isolating and Dan's talking out of England. Yeah, a little bit obvious there, I think, with the accent. Right, he's, he is currently in uh, Kent. Oh, yeah. So, um, all right, so I'm going to give a brief background on the report and then we'll take it further. The, the report was directed by director Scott Z. Burns, who also uh, wrote it. Um, it is a true life story. Um, the report is a thriller based on actual events. Idealistic staffer Dan Jones, who is a real person, played by Adam Driver, is tasked by his boss, Senator Diane Feinstein, who is played by Annette Benning, to lead an investigation of the CIA's detention and interrogation program created in the aftermath of 9-11. Dan Jones's relentless pursuit of the truth leads to findings that uncover the lens to which the nation's top intelligence agency went to destroy evidence subvert the law and hide a shocking secret from the American public. The report is written and directed by Scott Z. Burns, and the film also stars John Hamm, Sarah Goldberg, and Michael C. Hall. So Dan, let's start mm. with you. Yep. Uh, given that this is an Amazon original movie, and I think the subject matter is pretty apparent in the, uh, given, given Vice Studios' attachment to it. Um, so Dan, how did you, what did you think of the movie? Just give us like a one minute spiel. What do I think of the movie? It was intense. Uh, I mean, the, the American politics uh, is slightly different to British politics, but uh, all, all politics is politics. Um, and I think it was intense from start to finish, to be honest. How, when you say uh, American politics differs from British politics, in what way? Uh, in the fact that uh, British politics probably it has similarities. We have the MI5, we have the CIA. Uh, they have um, Congress, uh, we have Parliament, um, but actually the way those communicate to each other is just completely different, or at least that's the, that's the image I'm given from that film. Um, but I think it's <laughs> from literally from the moment I start watching the film, uh, it's quite intense and it's quite distressing. So, yeah, right. very, um, very humbling, I think, as a film. Right. And I'm sure you're... So this film uh, was being made around the same time as... Edward Snowden's case was going on. 
And as yeah. we all know, Snowden is this high-profile whistleblower who basically said that the uh, National Security Agency, NSA, is recording the entire world and what's going on on a daily basis. Um, obviously, there, are, there is a um, 50-50 point of view. In I don't know exactly what the percentages are, but there are people in the US that right. believe that um, Edward Snowden's a hero. And there are people yeah. that believe that Edward Snowden's a traitor. Have given that you know Daniel Jones, of course, has not received as much uh, uh, neg- negativity towards him as Edward Snowden has. Daniel sure. Jones himself being a uh, whistleblower. Uh, so, what, what is what is? I know most people in, in England might not know who Dan Jones is, but I'm sure most people in England know who Edward Snowden is. What is, do, yeah. what is the country's? Um, what is what? What do most people in the country think about Edward Snowden? I think I could probably only talk for myself, but when I speak to people about um, all that kind of thing, I think everyone knows what's going on. So irrelevant of the person, yes, he's a high-profile case, uh, but I think irrelevant people know that the politics is dirty, uh, things are hidden for right and wrong reasons. Uh, I can see some things should be hidden, and I think this this particular film toys with that a little bit. You kind of root for him at one point, and then you you see you see some a different point of view. Hopefully, if you're an open-minded person, um, and then I think as you conclude, you you kind of run along with him. Um, but yeah, I think in general, this is a grey area, isn't it? Uh, as far as I'm concerned, national security um, does some some dangerous things, and I think in order for them to keep us safe, they need to do things that we might not necessarily agree with. I think the line. It is constantly up for debate and it always should be. So I think it was a very thought-provoking time when I was watching that film. Right. Same here. Um, obviously, Edward Snowden still not back in the country uh, for his own safety. Um, I think uh, Dan Jones, uh, just one, one quick update, Dan. Make sure you don't make any movement because I can catch everything. Oh, okay. Go for it, yeah. Okay. I'm a um, yeah, I know. I, I know you can't sit still and I can hear everything. Yeah, stop, stop smiling <laughs> <Yeah>. me. <laughs> <laughs> I can literally hear you every uh, moment. I'll sit okay. still. There you go. I'll okay, please. Thank you. And I've, I've actually known, I should let people know, uh, Dan and I have known each other since we were kids. We went to uh, secondary school, which is what high school is known as in England. Middle school and high school in England is known as secondary school. It's up, up thing. And we went to school together in Kent. Did. for quite a long time so it's quite good to actually talk to him on this topic just because we know each other so well and I can vouch for that he cannot sit still um, alright yeah. okay. it keeps the weight down, keeps the weight <laughs> yeah. down. increase the steps yeah yeah. Okay. Uh, so, uh, so Daniel Jones to me is again someone he actually received a standing ovation when this film premiered at the Sundance right. Film Festival in Utah, he received a standing ovation uh, for this film and for the work he has done. You know, the 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 the, the great thing is that you know when when se- several news outlets and senators have actually stated that the Panetta Review, which is a secret CIA internal internal review of the CIA interrogation program, supports the finding of this film. You know, right. although the CIA's official re- response to, to this film was different to what the senators said. Those senators have come come forward and said that you know actually the the the, the people, they actually support 
what has happened, what has been shown in this movie. Um, for me, when I see people like Dan Jones or Edward Snowden or um, Julian Assange, um, these are people that have decided, you know what, we are going to put our entire life in the line and speak up for what's right. That is a sacrifice, yes. which I don't know if given being put in the... I don't think I would want to be put in the same situation in the first place. Well, I think you, you look at me and you, we are both humanitarians. Right. Uh, we both value life. Um, I probably don't like people as much as you do. Um, <laughs> but, but I still believe in um, freedom of speech and I still believe that people have the right to go about their business and do whatever they want to do. Uh, and even I sit there and I think, yes, Edward Snowden, would, it takes some balls to sit there and be prepared to go against your country if you think that actually what you're doing is going to make your country better. Uh, and I think just looking back at that film as well, and especially looking at how me and you talk about things in general, there's so many ways you can think about if that's a good thing or a bad thing. If, it's, if you're a traitor or you're a hero, I think you're probably a bit of both. Uh, and I think that actually government rules and it pretty much tells you if you're a hero or you're a villain. Um, and I think in Edward Snowden's case, they decided he was a villain. But who knows if the politics was different at the time, if the Senate was different, if the president was different, it, it might be completely different. It might be perceived as a hero. You just you can never really tell. I think this will only be tested through time and through the history books. Right. I think uh, always I personally believe that man-made legalities come second to human morals. Personally, yeah. Um, anything to do with law, uh, man-made law, everything to do with law is man-made legalities. Whereas yes, human right. rights and humans are emotions. Um, humanity is about an emotion. And for me, human rights and humanity always comes before legalities do. In fact, I even object to certain... Um, I don't even agree with the prison system in the US. Because I find no, that... No, I, I think a lot of people don't agree with prison systems in general. Right. Uh, the fact that... Right. And for me, it's something that... Um, has gone far too unchecked for far too long and usually when I talk to people about prison systems and why it needs a reform people keep telling me oh but this has been happening for so long it does nothing to change but my answer is no but it's wrong the way it's being done at the moment and we could go on the topic for so long but let's stick to the movie for now yeah sure I think um, for me what what resonated immediately from this movie is like you said the distressing fact and the fact that this man was actually willing to give his entire life soul hours minutes you know completely living a single life like you said before i started this job i was in a relationship and then i yes. could not be in a relationship anymore and there was a poignant scene in the movie you know the, the one part what let's talk about our favorite scenes in the movie film right I, by favorite i mean the scenes that shocked us the most because the entire yeah, movie know, has been made to yeah. uh, shock us um i think one of the shockingest moments for me was when uh, his his uh, colleague decides to resign and she tells him i am done with this i have a family i can and take care of my family there's nobody out there waiting for us while we mm. are down here under this trying to find out stuff and she says i'm quitting after thanksgiving or before something like that and then he says oh, okay we've got a few months before that and yeah. then his other colleague goes what, what are you talking about thanksgiving yeah, man is next November week. already right <laughs> Yes. And, he, and she goes to show the level of committed, commitment he had to give to this project for him to be able to make it happen. So that was one of the scenes that really, really stuck with me. 
what sure. about you? What the scenes that stuck with you? Yeah, so I think that that's a good one because that's it's quite an emotional attachment to his commitment. For me, I probably went a bit more logical, uh, which is always the way I would look at it, I guess. When they were torturing or using enhanced measures, as I think they called it, uh, that really stuck with me because even though I, I know that's what should, could go on, I've never experienced it myself. And I think it was shown really well. I think it was shown to shock. But also, when you look at it, it wasn't shocking because they were doing something with enhanced technology in the film and, you know, loud music and things like that. It was just giving you the brutal reality of what that we probably would have done. And I found that really hard to watch. And you know me, Preet, I'm not someone who uh, gets easily shocked, but I was literally, I was really struggling. I had the missus next to me and, and I just I had to pause it because I just don't like the idea that people are capable of doing that to other people. And right. then I look, at the hum- I look at the human side and I think, well, is that, is that something that you, you should have to do? If someone's not prepared to, uh, to give you what you need and you think that by doing this, it protects so many more people. I mean, COVID-19 is a, is a perfect example of what people are prepared to do to look after themselves, but also then think about society. You could compare the two uh, currently really well. Um, the, the sacrifices people think they have to make, his sacrifice, and I think I put another point in that film when he's talking about the sacrifice, he's sitting at that uh, table and talking about the dreams and whether or not they've been in, uh, one dreamed of, dreamt of being in a box and, and he, the other felt like he'd been waterboarded. And this girl comes over to them, obviously finds her way through the film. And she says, I, I don't like what you've done. Uh, you need to look after our country. And he says, well, believe it or not, that's what I am doing. And, right. and at that moment, you completely understand that both sides, are, both sides must be right. These aren't bad people, but they just right. think that the way they're doing it gets the job done. So it's um, when you watch those scenes, those torture scenes, you realise that, that someone somewhere thinks that that's the right thing to do. And that's right. quite distressing. Right. And I completely agree with you in, in terms of, I think the reason I did not name those scenes as the most shocking is more because whenever scenes of that nature arrive on screen, I shut off. As in, I close my eyes and I will not hear anything and I will not look at it until I am aware that that scene has passed. It is just a uh, defense mechanism I have built. Um, I think we were still at school uh, in 10th or 11th grade, year 11 or year 10, when the Iraq and Afghanistan war happened around 2002, 2003. And we were, you yeah. know, we, we come from a very small town in England, uh, which is very villagey. And I remember 2003, switching the TV off and telling, because right before, every day before I came to school, I would watch the news while having breakfast. Um, and I switched the TV off because it was too much for me. And that was my way of saying like, okay, I'm reclaiming my life. I'm not going to be affected by the news. I will not, I will just, I just refuse to watch it. And, um, that is a kind of philosophy I have followed. Now I can do it almost automatically. So while watching, this, I, I remember those scenes, but it's so bewildering to me that I could not even recall it when I was trying to think about the most impactful scenes. But when you said yeah. it, it immediately was like, oh my God, yes, those scenes are in this movie. I completely forgot about it. You know, mm-hmm. I think it was at school when uh, this entire, the, the, the photos from uh, the torture, 
Um, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. yeah, we were kids when it was published on the front newspapers, you know, of these soldiers posing next to the um, prisoners, naked prisoners, and torturing them and stuff. And I remember being, again, flabbergasted and shocked. Again, I know these are these are so-called known terrorists. Well, most of them happen to be. Some you don't know. They've just been arrested because they're suspected. But either ways. Yeah. I don't know if torture can ever be a celebration. Well, when you look at you know, look at the fact that America and and the UK are very similar. We we don't turn the other cheek. Uh, we do. We turn the other cheek, but we have uh, nuclear weapons behind us just to really let them know if they keep hitting our cheeks, we'll we'll do something we we don't want to do. But we're constantly testing ourselves. And right at the end of the film, they talk about saying it's our duty to understand that we are better than them and i think that that's a really pertinent point because uh, even in in just general day to day life you can't go around doing what you want to do because you think it benefits you and if you really boil that subject down that's pretty much what they're saying they're okay with it because they think it's going to help americans well right sure i get that but also there's a guy an fbi agent in there he says befriending has always got me results and you look at business and that's that's my uh, skill set that's what i do and i manage people on a day to day basis i never win the battle well, i win the battle sorry but i never win the war when i'm around with someone i always right. get a stronger relationship and a stronger dedication to that if i'm prepared to show that I'm going to befriend them. And and that is like number 1. The FBI agent had it made. He said that's what you do. And yet they decided to do these measures. And I think that that just shows desperation, you know what they felt they had to do, but also a little revenge. I think someone right. secretly enjoyed it. And and that's the bit I don't can like. You, can you restate that uh, statement that you just said which I really liked? He's what was the sentence that the person said? He said befriending But, someone. Is, yeah. is better than creating an enemy out of them. Befriending is better than humiliation and torture. And what he's basically saying is, if you if you're going to, if you want to get something out of someone, let them know that you've you've basically quoting Toy Story. You've got a friend in me. Do you right, know what I mean? Right, right. It, it's got to be that yeah. way. I mean, I've always worked on the uh, old adage that you can catch more flies with honey than vinegar. Right. You you, you can guarantee that's that's the best way to be. And yet, I think. they moved over to the other measures in part because they wanted a bit of revenge and especially that's how the story is told in the film um but also because they someone somewhere felt that that was the right thing to do and and I don't right. know if you remember previously talking about the uh, legalities of it all and whether or not it was deemed reasonable it would only be deemed reasonable if they got special unique information out of it right well well what's defined as unique versus normal methods right and and right, 100, right. 119 cases they looked at and they tortured every single one and i sit there and i think i don't ever want to be a part of a society that condones that we right. should be we should be condemning it and we should be doing more we should be thinking more right. about the better ways to achieve and and i think that's what that that's what that film gave me anyway was that i decided right. which way i sit and you might watch that film me and you don't but with we're different um but some others might watch that film and and see it from a completely different view viewpoint and go do you know what actually yeah the torture was the right thing to do because they they came to us on home soil and I, and i can respect the fact that someone might feel that anger and 
but I still sit there and think, yeah, but you've got to be better. At the end right. of the day, if you're not better, you're as bad as them. Right, and I think what um, what I would like to point out is that you know it's so easy. So what I always tell people here, especially during times right before the corona had even begun, they were just, the politicians were deciding what to do with Iran, if to go with war with them or not, or to have a more pacifist approach. And I remember a lot of people around me in America, and and again I will say this right now that Americans happen to be a lot more political than my family or friends back home in England. Having lived here for sure. quite a while, there's just a atmosphere of com- competition and attacks during every election season, or be- even before that, in America far more than in the UK. So I usually feel a lot of questions, given that I work in entertainment and I have a publication and I have a media network, means that people think I should have to answer for everything, right? And um, there's always a question, of of course, we're going to go to war with Iran because that's the right thing to do. And And I asked the person who was telling me that, how do you know that going to war with Iran or any other country is the right thing to do? And they go, because they have given us no choice. And I go, but are you a politician? And they go, no. Do you work in the government? They go, no. What do you do? A normal day-to-day office job. Okay, so how do you know there are no more choices? How do you know other choices but war? Was my question. And they go, well, that's what our politicians and our president told us on the news. Okay. Sure. It is one person for one group of people telling you what they want you to hear. You don't know if all the choices have been used, if all the choices have been thought, if all the choices have been wrote about. We don't know what the choices were. We don't know what the choices were. So how can you sit here as an audience in your tiny life, in your happy tiny life, away from politics, away from government, and stay with that, say with a hand on your heart that, yes, war is the only way for us to go. Yeah. We don't have all the answers. And I don't, you don't, nobody does. The only people that know exactly what the options were are people in the government or people in politics. I am in neither of those positions. So I don't know. So what am I going to do? I'm going to not say things like, we should go with the run, war with Iran because that's the only option we've got left. Yeah, there's always there's always another way. Right. Uh, and I guess, uh, but sadly, there, there's, always, there's always something that compels you to do what you need to do. And if you feel like war is the only way, then I hope as someone that's freely elected, they've considered the impact Right. And the impact of war should always be considered as uh, the, the last resort. And I think I just get a little bit distressed that I think we are in a position where we think war is the only answer. Right. Because that's no different to you at work. That's no different to me sitting at work and, and thinking that actually the only real way to resolve this now is to go outside and have 50 cuffs. Right, but it, just, it's worse than that because you are at, at least when you make the decision of all right, there's no other thing but violence here to use. You are actually putting yourself on the line. But see, ours even that is more noble than people in government, men in yeah. old men in government, old men in government with power saying, "Okay, war is the only option." Send these five yeah. fifty thousand young people that have yeah, no on, idea about what's going on. Go let, tell yeah. them to kill themselves and kill the kill the yeah. other young people from the other army. And, and if you don't, you're unpatriotic. Right. 
and you are against yeah. the country and so like what you you doing that at your office and saying all right let's go out and have a fist fight is actually quite a bit more noble than these old men i refuse to say the race cuz i don't know what race they are but i know usually they are of an older male species and when i see i'm just like okay but you wanted that war and now you're sending these random teenagers usually who are actually joining the army because that's the only way they can feed themselves out of poverty and there you're telling them go fight in a foreign country and kill other youngsters or get yourself killed that i don't agree but with just just on that though i mean I, i wanted to join the armed services when i was younger because i love my country and right. there is nothing wrong with that and that's perfect that and that for me is where i i'm I want my country to succeed. I want America. We're we're cousins at the end of the day and I want them to succeed too. Right. But I I feel sorry for the guys who go to war because they love their country for a, a person's agenda, male or female, they're both as bad as each other when it comes to politics. Right. Uh, male or female in their agenda, they want this war and I sit there and I think well that guy loves his country, so he's doing it for them. He's doing it for his family. Is that right? And and actually I even if i put it right back down to basics and you look at a humanitarianism is is that right is it right that you send someone in to just completely bulldoze over someone else because you feel you've explored all the options right now if you do feel like you've explored all the options and that is the only case and that is war is going to happen then i just feel really sad because right. i think <clears throat> i think there's always another way money and fear tend to rule um they rule they rule the world uh, and right. fear in in the amount of weapons i've got versus the amount of weapons you've got and the amount of money i've got to the amount of money you've got normally dictates who's going to win normally right um so surely you would you would opt to to just use those two tactics first right But, uh, coming from a um as you know my dad was in the british army so like coming from an army family i remember growing up not knowing if my dad was going to come back home from the army or not you know that was always the case uh, but now if i ask my father he my father wanted me to go into the army he wanted me to join the royal sandhurst army i said no because i had seen how my father got out of it um and i didn't want to be an army man and i didn't want to put my family through that and also i am i am past the iraq and afghanistan generation so uh, it was just a bit too much for me to say all right i'll join the army and i said a complete no my father i think wanted me to also join the royal sandhurst just because of to provide me more discipline but my answer was listen i've already been to boarding school for 15 years of my life that's enough discipline um <clears throat> like you said you know do we have to do this do we have to use maybe there are people out there the other people that said they're thinking yes this is right because our they came on our home turf and they attacked us so which means we must defend ourselves right so there's a lot of anger uh, and a lot well, defend defend or revenge i mean there the there's two there's two differences there right um for me i don't think necessarily that they were they were defending at that moment in time right. is is how the film portrays it right and like you said there, there are people that can out of anger say well they put us through so much so they might deserve that torture now uh, quite a few people know of what my own family went through um there was a year i'm not going to mention the name of the plane i'm not going to mention the name of the year just cuz to avoid myself and take myself out of that equation but my mother's the plane that my mother was in was hijacked and taken to afghanistan 
you know, I remember that there was eight days of constant fear of what might happen next, of my mom going to come home, you know, being in this tiny village in England and wondering about these big world news. I was only about 12 or 13 then, or 11. Mm. And I remember looking, and it was right around Christmas time. And I remember just being terrified of that entire scenario. But after after uh, my mother came back, my grandma was like, all right, you, never, you guys are never flying again. You guys are never allowed to go to foreign countries again. And the first thing my mother did, there was a lot of resentment towards Islamic people at that right. And this was long before 9-11 happened. Uh, there was a lot of resentment against Islamic people even because of that hijacking because people did come back home my mother did come back home and um, the angst towards uh, Islam and Muslims was at an all-time high before 9-11 and I remember I remember uh, my mother telling me well you can't you cannot hate a religion neither can you hate Muslims because it's not really Islam or Muslims it's actually right-wing right-wing um, radical people that did this it has nothing to do with extreme extreme radical people that did this and it's not nothing to do with islam or mu- muslims and that's when my mother uh took me to my sister and i to a mosque to pray and she told i remember my mother telling me you will receive the same feeling that you have done in a church at a mosque because you're just here to pray to god you can't so. hate uh, muslim muslims and i remember that one moment um profoundly changing my life for the better because i didn't hold on to that anger towards a specific group of people just based on their religion. Do you remember yeah. in the movie, uh, the funny thing is I love how Annette uh, portrayed Sinister Diane Feinstein because Diane Feinstein uh, and my foundation, Humans of Our World, have actually collaborated a long time ago. Right. And she's a senator in California. There's a sentence she says, she says, if it works, why do you need, when she was fighting against torture, she yeah. says, if it works, <laughs> why do you need to do it 183 times? Yeah, water, waterboarding, yeah. Right. Why do you need to do it 183 times? Why wouldn't you have, if it worked, you would have worked in one go or two go or three goes. So, so this is the fellow um, Jim, the mate, the, the character who liked the, who used the enhanced measures. Right. Um, I mean, there wasn't much, it's a bit of a sad um, podcast because there's, there's, it's not a very humorous uh, topic, was it, at all? Um, but they came into the scenes, uh, him and his partner, and they were presenting on the board, weren't they? And saying what they were recommending. And that was probably the only point I laughed was when they were explaining what the torture methods were, but they weren't using the normal words for explaining. They were all very um, business, (laughs) Uh, business words to explain slapping someone in the face uh, or holding them by the... Uh, the head, like forehead restraint, which is basically just grabbing someone and squeezing their skull. Right. Um, and they did it in a nice, nice presentation. And it was almost in that moment, you think that was the way they were justifying it to themselves, that, that because they were supposedly more intelligent beings, they'd been able to create a spreadsheet and a presentation, do some nice drawings and call them more fancy words. And therefore it's no longer torture, it's enhanced techniques. Right. Uh, and you, that's how they justified it. Right. It, it almost sounded like um, it had become a part. I'm trying to find the right word. It was almost like a uh, regimented. Uh, there was numbness around it. You know, there was no feeling towards it. It was like yeah, no, the that's procedure it. It was, had been named. Yeah. No, it's like um, it, it's literally like going into the field and deciding you have to uh, get rid of half your crop because you didn't grow and you just dig right. it out. 
just remove it. Right. It's perfectly fine. Right. It didn't work. It, it was right. it was that clean. It was that clinical. That they, right. That's how clinical. They, that's the right word. Yeah. Right. That that's how they kept themselves away from it. I mean. As soon as I obviously you stop the movie, don't you, to write your thoughts down? And when I was going through it, um, that at that moment in, uh, in time, I said, "Well, is it unpatriotic to review these, to look at the way we're doing, what we're doing to these men, or how we, what we want to do to these men, or is it humanitarian? I mean, is it both? What, what is the American way? Uh, you know, what what values do you hold as an American? And I'm not American, so what values do you hold as an American to think that this is? It would be simply unpatriotic not to employ those methods, right? Uh, because for me, that's effectively what you're arguing. You're not arguing if you think he's a traitor <clears throat> uh, for whistleblowing. You're arguing about whether or not you feel what the, the outcome was unpatriotic, right? And, and if if you look at what the CIA's interrogation techniques are called, do you remember what they called it? No, go for it. Enhanced interrogation. Yeah, EIT wasn't it? Right, enhanced, and yeah. en- I'm just like enhanced. Enhanced is such like you just labeled this gruesome, gruesome torture and called it enhanced. It was almost like, oh, you're going to get an enhanced ultra HD TV. Yeah, yeah, you, you just beat the rubbish out of the man, but it's fine right. because right. It, it was it was different. We used to slap him, now we slap him twice. It's, it's an enhanced measure. Right. It, it, it was a, it was a complete. That's just my point. It was so they were so happy that they'd managed to find words that they felt comfortable with using, which basically explained torture. Right. And and I do think you have to look at whether or not you feel that that was unpatriotic. Forget right. the and that's really what this was all about. And you forget all of the film. If you look at that moment in time and you you took that out, you sliced it off the film, and you put that to people in the street. I'm not sure how many people would believe that's what Americans and and the UK would stand for. Right. I just don't. I don't think we would. Right. And again, I, I I want to make it so clear that you know, having made America my home for the past decade or so, I I love the United States of America and I love my Americans. I'm here. We are only talking about certain certain individuals or certain part of the government or certain group of people that might not. Be behaving in a humanitarian sort of way, right? This is not our conversation against the Americans or the United States no, of America, because I personally no, it's, love it's, my it's, Americans, right? It's meant it's to be a... thought-provoking. It's it's irrelevant of, and this is what we said at the beginning. This isn't this isn't something that you say I'm an American and therefore I think this way. I'm British and I think this way. It's no, looking right. at whether or not how how humanitarian are you, and I'm. I'm for war if I think it's the right and only measure to do so. Right. But that, that that doesn't make me unpatriotic if I don't agree with a politician who does. And this right. this film isn't there to say. And and I could could only stress um, so much that this film is there to get you to think that way. To get right. it, it shouldn't. There shouldn't. You shouldn't feel negative if you feel that you agreed with the methods. But you you should go through. That cycle of consideration first. You should consider whether or not you, as a person, would be okay with it, right. and then justify it to yourself. And that's it's got nothing to do with um, any borders and being American, British, uh, Muslim, right. uh, Christian. It, it really just comes down to whether or not you feel that was the right thing to do at that time. And you can see that through the film. That's the challenge they're all having. The right. politics gets in the way of it all. You know, it kind of it muddies the water because. 
at the end of the day, the, the two opinions, they're fighting whether or not it's going to come out or not. But but the film, for me, just made me think. And I'd like to think that if you, if you do try to look at other people's points of view, you're not coming out of that film not considering both points. Right. Because I, I can see, this, you know, if I worked for the CIA and, and someone was trying to get something out and I felt I'd done... You know that that lady's example. I'd felt I'd done as much as possible to try and protect my country. I'd feel like you were stabbing me in the back. Right, right. That, that's that's you have to you have to appreciate someone's um, view that they might feel that was the right way to go. Did um, you know the uh, the full title of the film is actually the torture report? Yeah, and they scrapped and they blacked it out. Yeah, they blacked out torture, and that was so smart. And even like. Um, Adam Driver is an excellent actor. He came out of nowhere and has literally punched the entire entertainment industry with his brilliance. And um, the the great part of the story of his casting is that he is actually a marine. Did you know that? Do most people? Do you know that? I I didn't. I didn't know that. He stands like one. Right. So he's a marine. (laughs) He's a former marine. He's a former marine. And once he got out of, um, he was with the one one weapons company at Camp Pendleton in California. And after he left the Marines, he joined Juilliard uh, for acting. Yeah. So he credits a lot of his um, acting success with the discipline he, discipline he learned as a Marine. Um, and uh, so the fact that he agreed to do this movie must mean that he believed in the project. Yeah, maybe. And, and, but also maybe he feels the story needed to be told. Right, 100%. It, I do, the, the, the film does lean you towards thinking that the report was right and therefore people had done wrong. Right. And, and I, you know, that's only my personal view that I agree with that. I guess what, I'm, what I'd like to get people to do is to think about both points of view. Because at the end of the day, that's what we should be doing. And that's that's what should lead you to a better course. So we've been saying this all the way through. Should you go to war? Right. Well, I'd hope that if you go to war, you think about why you're doing it, and you're considering all the other alternatives. And him as an actor, you think how hard that is to want to do a film like this, knowing that actually you're probably going to get people that think you're as bad as the uh, if the, if they believe that the original person was unpatriotic. They'll think that you, as the actor, is unpatriotic as well. Right, right, and, right. You know that that's a really that's a really brave move for an actor, and I feel I feel that that alone uh, deserves credit. And, and he he ran that film. Right. You know, it was it was he all did. about him. And then I think Scott Z. Burns, the director, did an ex- excellent job, considering that this is his first directorial feature. You know, yeah. Oh, it's very good. Yeah. Uh, the only point I would say is I can, I don't know how you felt, but you know I've got a little boy. When I get a chance to see a film, uh, I just want to, I want to watch it, you know, I don't want to watch Paw Patrol anymore. Right. Um, and when I'm sitting there watching it, I, I didn't like the fact that it flipped so many years so quickly. Yes, it yes. It jumped yes. for about 20 minutes, it jumped so many films. Right. And oh, so many um, years, sorry, through the film. Yep. And I just sat there thinking, 
that this is this is too much for me. I want to I want to see the story. I, I'm, I'm having to piece it together. Right. I do feel like that was the only bit that I, I would have liked to have seen a bit more streamlined. But right. it, it definitely it definitely got what it intended. Right. You know, it made I think me think what, about it. Right. I think that's what they were trying to do was show the fastness with what with what um, Daniel jo- Jones went through as the uh, the investigator. That you know time just flipped through and. It, when he finally said, like, you know, I'm going to resign, he goes, okay, that we've still got a few months left. He thought yeah. all those time had gone by in those 20 minutes that we were shown. You know, and he yeah, kept, sure. and you can see that Dan Jones knew what he was going to go through because numerous times during the conversation, he kept saying, how many years do you think I will get? Am I going to get arrested? So he wasn't just Daniel Jones was not trying to be a hero. Daniel because Daniel Jones knew the repercussions of this far too well. Because he kept saying, "Am I going to get arrested? Am I going to? How many years are I going to get?" Actually doing this because he believed this needed to get to the people so that it could be stopped. It could be stopped. Yes. Uh, there's there's a fantastic uh, directing technique uh, in the beginning of the film if you remember very clearly. Um, uh, you know, the security guard person has to say the systematic thing of, do you have right. anything with you that could incriminate the, the, the whole line about, does he have anything that, that he's taking out to expose the government or wherever it is? And he says, no, have a good day. CIA officials, yeah. Right. And in the end, when he is asked the same question at this last moment, he does have things and he goes, have a good night. Yeah know because he has this face of like fear and i remember the line that he talked about earlier but i'm going to bring it up again when gretchen says you may not realize dan jones you may not realize but we were trying to protect this country from people who want to destroy everything we believe in and daniel jones says you may not realize it but we are trying to do the exact same thing yes yeah i think it's a really pertinent point there because i i think that is what a society like ours should be struggling with Right. It, it should be. It should be open. You know, the CIA should constantly be thinking about that, and I'm sure they are. But they they should constantly be thinking about whether or not that's it's the right or wrong thing to do. And and again, you this film is there to prompt discussion. This right. kind of conversation you and I are having uh, is what it should be doing because it should be opening your eyes. And the only thing I don't like about certain films is when they they try to tell you that. You know, governments are bad. Um, they're always out to do the worst for you. Right. Uh, I, I, I genuinely don't believe that. I don't, you know, and again, that, that senator proved that, that, you know, there's a constant battle. Right. Um, and I, I like that. And I came away from the film not thinking too hard about the distress that it caused me. Right. Um, because I had to, I had to decide, you know, I'm, I'm not going to, there's nothing I can, I can't take that away anywhere. But I think it was it was owed to the people that it happened to, but also uh, in the way it was told to think about whether or not I agree with it or not. Um, right. And I think that's a really powerful point. And I think that that should be something that most films like this should try to achieve. And I think that by achieving it, it made it a very successful film. It did for me also. Um, you know, when Annette, when when um, Adam Driver's character is so is so profoundly uh, consumed by this report and he's there in Annette's office you know complaining about it or saying things to support it Annette goes you know are you why are you working for the report yes 
you know, that was her question. And he, she just wants to know, you know, uh, who's who's controlling the reins. Do you think about Adam Driver as an actor? Oh, I loved him in Star Wars. You did? Uh, yeah, of course. He was awesome. Um, I really like him. I think he's got he's got a weird way about him. He's a bit right. like... Um, the word weird is what comes up. <laughs> yeah, do you know, he's a bit like um, Tom Hardy. Right. He's... Uh, He's kind. He's his own person, and 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 sometimes, I thought I'm not. He, I think by doing this, he made sure he wasn't typecast. Right. And Me, I, I, think, I think that that was important. Right. I I first well, Adam Driver came into my hemisphere, the first time when he was in that TV show long, long ago. Um, the TV show is. Wasn't thinking. This guy's really the word weird what stuck with me and um, yeah, I think weird. everyone what, what else what TV show what TV show was he in I don't remember there was this quite a good TV show and right. it was supposed to be preppy it was supposed to be like you know like gritty um, and uh, but I'd only seen a few episodes because I didn't really watch TV back in the day but um, and he was actually quite good in it and I remember just thinking he's really weird uh, that was it and then yeah. his character was also really weird and then and every person I speak to always uses the word weird when they de- define him. And then suddenly this thing happened and out of the nowhere, out of nowhere, he's just everywhere. Star Wars, Marriage Story, you know, Academy Award nominations, uh, The yeah. Report, every single movie he's in. And what I like about him is that um, I don't necessarily uh, term him as a Tom Hardy. I Because Tom Hardy is more sort of a classic, good-looking Hollywood leading man, whereas Adam is not. Adam is more. No, what I mean, what I mean by the Tom Hardy is, uh, like the accent. Uh, oh, if, okay. he, if he goes through a film, it, it's, it's, it's his. Right. You, you right. can't, and it's almost like a bit mumbly. Right. Um, uh, but he gets away with it because it's Tom Hardy. Right, and a lot uh, of people. It's, it's the same with him. Right, a lot of people don't know that Adam is so incredibly shy, as in like he hates. Whenever you watch interviews with him, the first thing that he come off with is like he hates the. PR part of it. He hates the post-production marketing of him part of it because he's just so uncomfortable. We've actually interviewed Hollywood Insider. We've interviewed him. For, we actually did not interview him for the report at all. I don't know why we did that, but we, we interviewed him for um, Star Wars and Marriage Story. And every time my reporters and journalists have come back saying um, the same thing is he's really uncomfortable, um, you know, doing this whole marketing thing. And that is so prevalent. Uh, he's always like trying to get away from all of that, and I think I kind of like that about him as well. Yeah, it's good. Because he's why, far why he removed. To, right. Yeah. Why does he have to be the PR side? I mean, you know, he wants to do films. Right. And doesn't when, want to be doing PR. Right. And when one of my reporters asked him, "What is it? What makes him such a great actor?" Since he was a, and he says, um, "In the Marines, we are taught to be a part of a team." We are none of us our none of us are sole leaders. We are all a part of the team and you do what you got to do to benefit the team. And that is the ethics I bring to my film set. I want to be a part yeah. of the team to make the product better. And that's what resonated with me. Okay, Dan. Um, thank you so much for today. Uh, no is there any lasting words that you would like to leave with? No, nothing profound, other than the fact that I think at the end of the day, what it said to me is that it looks like politics rules governance and law right uh, it should be the other way around every time would you uh, tell people to I, watch I this movie was... yeah definitely i'd tell them to be have i'd tell them to have an open mind right. have an open mind think about the film 
and, and let it sink in and then discuss it because you never know you might find yourself disagreeing with it which is perfectly fine right um but you've just got to have reasons why you've got to have your eyes open right and then you can make decisions right that's what, I would say. That's what exactly it's a very similar thing i think people should definitely watch it especially people who have no idea about a lot of these things um especially given the uh, election season that's coming up i think uh what i would like to also touch upon is the fact that people should be allowed to disagree with each other while maintaining friendships I think we are Definitely. the culture is at such a point that we are all people most people are always trying to convince convince each other of what they believe in and that's what we've got to remove out of the equation you don't have to convince anybody you have yeah. a set of beliefs just live with it done now yeah. whatever someone else has respect them for that stop trying to convince them to follow your way yeah which is what rot most people try to do Well, I mean, it's a sh- it's not a shame, really. I know we both agree with each other at the end of the day on this, yep. um, and on this film. Um, but I think that when you're looking at whether or not you d- disagree, it's exactly right. There's nothing wrong. It's what we said all the way through. And I know at one point you felt the need to caveat in case um, you'd upset someone, and, that, and that's you, you weren't trying to upset anyone. And, and the whole idea of this conversation is to hopefully someone will sit there and listen to this and go, "Well, I'm going to watch that, and I'm going to." make my own mind up right. great you go you go and do that and and have a conversation with someone don't try and change their mind just listen and talk and discuss and and if you if you come away thinking you'd misrepresented um yourself or you misunderstood yourself or you misunderstood the film and through conversation you changed your opinion fantastic right <laughs> What's exactly with that? that's what uh, i agree with you for me it's all about at the end of the day we have to make kindness our only ammo uh whoever it might be towards yes there are going to be certain situations where we have to stand up and speak out against um atrocities that are going on but until then if it's just a conversation since most of us uh, don't know the entire story showing a bit of kindness is the only way to go all right dan thank you so much for today um no worries and uh i will touch base with you in a little bit good man take care bye bye cheers bye Hope you enjoyed listening to our podcast. The written version of this article can also be found on hollywoodinsider.com. Subscribe to our podcast and also subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com/hollywoodinsidertv. Follow us on our social media. We will be back next time with more thought-provoking features. Thank you.